This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee Harris, formación pistola, tres retores a la izquierda que incluye a Frymouth como interno, al igual que Sims, extremo izquierdo, Pickens, hacia allá se va Kenny Pickens. Eh, a buscar a la izquierda, presión, por poco capturan a Kenny, lanza el pase, atrapado, atrapado, atrapado por Najee Harris, touchdown para Pittsburgh, apaga las luces Najee, apaga las luces, Pittsburgh al frente, 15-13, al pendiente el punto extra. Oh, you know who that voice is. Let's bring in Alvaro Martin from our Spanish broadcast team. Hey, buenos dias, Alvaro. Buenos dias, Craig. Buenos dias, Wes. Uh, it's a good day that we're talking to you. Last night taught us, as, as they always, it always does, that you cannot take anything for granted. It's a tough day all around football. It's a tough day in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is one of our, our homeboys. Yes. And... Um, but happy that the team got the win. Lots to talk about in terms of, the, of, of what happened in that game and, and the season, how it's going. But obviously everybody's thinking about uh, one thing right now and wait, waiting to hear uh, better news. Well, let me first ask you, Alvaro. Yes, and we, we've been praying for um, DeMar Hamlin, and uh, it is just on, on our hearts constantly. And we attempt, we just go before God Almighty and just intercede on his behalf, asking for a healing and restoration for he and his family and his friends and oh teammates. Wow, it's just a, it's a, it's a tough moment. But uh, I, I, we were hearing good things, at least stable things. Have I got that correct, there, Wes? I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So, so he was. They, they, they announced. Um, I guess it would have technically been early this morning, right? Right. Um, that that he his his uh his 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 vitals are stable. I'm not a medical professional, right. but that his his vital signs are stable at this time. Um, you know they've they've got him on the breathing tube and and everything, and so hopefully here you know sometime in the next 12 hours or so get a another update that could you know certainly be a positive one. Hopefully. All right. There, so- there's two. There's there's just two quick things to highlight there. Yes. Go it was ahead. amazing to me how quickly. The Buffalo trainers, yes. as soon as they just about got there, turned around and told Cincinnati, bring the equipment. Yeah. In other words, they saw something and immediately understood the, the, the seriousness of the event and how quickly things moved. Some of the first aid he received on the field may make a significant difference. Yes. Uh, let's hope. Yes. Uh, so that's something to just to keep in mind. And then uh, it's amazing. I was talking to Wes about the relationship now between Cincinnati fans and Buffalo fans, remember, after 17 years of Buffalo not making the playoffs, it took a Cincinnati win against another opponent in the last week with Dalton being the hero for Buffalo to finally make the playoffs. And they start giving, if you remember, $14 donations. Yes. And they wore number 14. Buffalo fans in support of foundations in Cincinnati. Yes. And yeah. last night, Cincinnati fans, you know, showed their – their, their true selves and it was a it was it was good to watch yes it's good to know that uh, people that it, it touches the heartstrings and you know they you're attempting to do what in in the smallest way what you can do you know what i mean because there's nothing yeah. any of us can do other than pray and uh you know maybe make a donation there but you know and, and hope for the best but certainly i got moving right along here we've got to move to 
what uh, we've been talking about with Kenny Cool, Kenny Magic, or the Sundance Kid. What do you think? This this young man is starting to make a name for himself in fourth quarter magic, and uh, it's kind of like wild, is it not, Alvaro? I mentioned Kenny Cool last week. I think, I think, I hope if he hasn't done it, you and I run to the trademark office and get that trademark. <laughs> I think it's all yours, I, I baby. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, there, the, the thing that I think people need to to sort of understand if they haven't already seen that, the way he led the team against Baltimore was actually quite radically different than the way he led the team against Las Vegas. Maybe the weather had something to do with that. The very cold weather in, in, right, in, in right. Akrasur. And so he went, he checked down a lot more, and he was a lot more conservative in making the throws. Some of the throws he made in that last drive, the throw to Sims, the throw to Fryerman, mm-hmm. and the <laughs> touchdown throw. I mean, that touchdown throw in Miami was an interception. The same throw turned out to be a pick. Uh, it was it's the nature of the drive that tells you that, you know, this is moving. This train is moving the station, gathering a little bit of speed. Um, so it's, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. And again, we're no, you know, he's nowhere near where he needs to be. I'm sure where he wants to be, but the sort of stuff he's already pulling off under, <laughs> under the dress and under the situation and, and, What's fa- what he's facing is pretty remarkable. He's getting a lot of help, of course, um, but it's still remarkable. And, you know, Bill Parcells used to have that phrase that when you bring in rookies, he says, you want the puppies not just to bark, you want them to bite. <laughs> Even if you don't feel the bite too much. Well, Baltimore felt some biting, and, and it wasn't just a little nudge. It was a real, you know, a real flesh eater. And so he really just... He did something very, very special. Some of those throws where, I mean, I can see top quarterbacks in the league going, wow, you know, that was, a, oof, that was a good throw. That was a really good throw. I'm not sure I can make that throw. <laughs> That's the kind of throw it was. I mean, that throw to Sims. You tell me, what do you think? What was your reaction when you saw that throw? Well, I think what I said was, you know, they threw it the fryer move, and I think he got up, and, and, and Kenny looked and says, you think that's hot? Watch this. Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you know? I mean, oh. that, that was a great throw. There's no doubt about it. Yep. And, I mean, even the throw to Pickens that got a first down where Pickens literally, literally had to stretch out and sort of cross the plane, so to speak, and land on the other on the right side of the first down marker uh, was a very tough throw, you know, a lot of traffic. And so I, what I'm sensing, and, and, and it's just my opinion, my, you know, my eyes tell me this, it could be wrong, is that the timing of the throws, the recognition and the timing of the throw is just getting out a, just a tick earlier. And that makes a difference in ball placement, in the ball getting there before the defender does, and possibly in the location of the throw that allows the, the stealer receiver to do something with it, or at least secure the catch. It literally, it's, we're talking about less than a tenth of a second. I just see that ball come out and the decision-making come out quicker. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers, for example. Sometimes Aaron Rodgers, it's like, he just takes a ball out of center on the shotgun, and he's, just, he's already throwing. And you're like, how does he know that? Well, that, that's exactly his skill. And some of those passes work that way, and the defense cannot possibly be ready. 
by the time he throws the ball. Kenny's not there yet, but he is quicker than he was. And what we saw is a result of that quicker than he was. The, the small little difference means that instead of an interception in Miami, it's a game-saving and season-saving touchdown in Baltimore. I mean, <laughs> Baltimore here. Yeah, and that was that was much needed. That is the growth and the progression I, I think we've been talking about, Alvaro. You know, there's there's a lot of different reasons why since the bye week the Steelers have gone six and two and they and they look like a much different team. We could talk about the return of TJ Watt, the health of the defense, their overall performance. We can talk about Kenny Pickett and his growth that we've seen. I think part of that too is the rushing attack, though, isn't it, Alvaro? What we've seen from Najee Harris, what we've seen from Jalen Warren, from that front five and what they've been able to do. I mean, since the bye week, these last eight games, the Steelers are a top 10 rushing offense in the National Football League over the last eight games. And, man, I don't think any of us would have guessed that early on in the season. Since, since the bye week, they're top 10 in offense and in defense. This is a top 10 team. This is a playoff team. And this is a playoff team that if they keep that, um, they can beat certain teams. Uh, you can, you're going to make that call. So that's what I said at the end of the game. This is a budding power in the NFL right now. Whether they make the playoffs or not, we'll find out. But once they get into the playoffs, this team as presently constituted is that. But going back to your point, Wes, about the physicality of the team, I present to you Miles Boykin. Hmm. Blocking outside, shoving mm-hmm. uh, Kenny past the, 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 the line to gain. I present to you Jalen Warren when Yo. he blocks to protect the quarterback. Yes. He pass pro. I present to you Najee Harris, who's not just happy to get the yards. He wants to grind you down. He wants to really tell you get out of the way. And I, you know, I, I see that, and I realize, you know, by the way, I also present to you Zach Gentry, who was oh, a yeah. former quarterback turned, turned tight end, whose weakness was blocking. Right? Right. Well, N- not anymore. How do, you, how, how do you like him now? How do you like him now? <laughs> so I present to you, I told players, you. On the, on, players on the periphery, and I'm sitting here thinking, if I'm an offensive lineman wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform, I look at that, I'm like, man, I got to keep up around here. You know, I, I, I told Zach Gentry, I go, Zach, you know, if you get ever tired, get tired of this, uh, you know, tight end business, catching passes, scoring a touchdown here and there, that sort of thing, you know, fan adulation. I, I, you could be an all-pro tackle. I'm serious. You could put on 30 pounds, and you could be a Pro Bowl caliber tackle. I mean, he is with his athleticism, his coordination, and his strength that he's developed, I mean, this, this dude is strong. I mean, I was standing near him the other day. I was just looking and going, wow, you've really packed your frame, dude. You know, he's he's really buckled down and gotten on it. But the fact of the matter is one of the things that I love, what the, this team is doing now, they're suddenly finding the chunk plays, the explosive plays, the 15-yard Najee run, the, the 15-yard Pickens monster catch, the Muth catch at 20, Deontay, right, the, the Sims catch that we were talking about, Jalen Warren. How about Gunnar Olszewski just getting a trifecta of Ravens on one block? He gets three guys yeah. on one block. Well, and we, I forgot to mention one more name that I think, you know, these are peripheral players, but they set a tone, and that's uh, uh, Connor Hayward. In, oh, yeah. in that play with a Kenny pass, he blocks JPP, and then he's not done. He goes, wait a minute, I got a hunt here. Who's the, who's the stud in that defense? Oh, it's Patrick Quinn. Let me go hit him. Let me go block him. So he blocks JPP out of the play. Then he blocks Patrick Quinn out of the play in one play. 
Now, going back to your point about the explosive plays, and, and this is where I need to get pick your brain, Craig. <laughs> there ain't I, much there, brother. Young, oh, no, no, there's a lot in there. <laughs> trust me. When I, when I go in there, I'm a young guy, and I got a block. I'm thinking just brute force. I'm just going to try to shove right. the guy and create space. But many times, for these explosive plays to happen, you have to be much more of a technician. You have to just do enough to move the first level over here. You don't have to go be over there, just over here, so that you can slip and go down and block the second level just enough. And then the running back or whoever's got the ball has to time it perfectly so that they make the most out of those almost like pseudo blocks or minor blocks because it's all about technique. And I talk about presenting cases here. I'm going to present to you Kevin Dotson. Yeah. I'm sure he's had great games, but I think – Baltimore was one of the better games he's played. And what I saw when I look at the tape is not a guy who clearly has power to just shove you a bunch of yards, but was more of a technician, was more of a, let me just shove the defensive um, interior lineman just so that I can get through. And if I can get through, my guy can get through. And then let me go to the linebacker and just engage him just enough. Yep. Take him out of the play. I don't have to pancake him. I don't have to shove him, you know, 10 But we like the pancakes, though. We do like the pancakes. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm saying just get out of the way, and that's just enough. And I think that's what we're seeing. I also think that there's been something happening with Pittsburgh that's been very, very subtle and effective. They are beginning to use Najee in more concentrated, judicious moments. I guess what Mike Tomlin calls the weightier moments. Mm-hmm. They're giving Jalen Warren many more snaps yep. and a higher proportion of snaps. And w- what you see is a fresher and much more powerful Najee when you need him. And you're seeing Jalen Warren be the same spark plug. You know, I need a first down. Jalen, go get it. Uh, player that he is. And the other subtle tweak of that is you began to see something you saw a little bit before, is you begin to see them both on the field at the same time, where one of them typically lines up as a receiver and the other one's in the backfield. You never see them typically both in the backfield. That would be that'd be the split backs from my era. We don't see that anymore. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's a it's a very interesting twist, subtle twist to how they're being used, and I think it's been to great effect. In other words, you have two players that make a big difference. You have a chance to give one a small breather. And I think that Carolina game, remember that, that drive where Jalen stuck and stuck and stuck and stuck and he scored his first touchdown? Mm-hmm. I felt at the time that, that was a bit of a reward to the guy because he had done so many good things for the team. And I think that's when they realized, no, wait a minute, we can use Najee, give him a rest, and then we use Najee at the end of the game. And he's rested. He's a little bit more just sort of vibrant yes. and sharp. And I think you're seeing that, too. And that's, that's a nice little twist here that we may have missed. But I think it's it's stroke of genius here. Well, the good part about it is I think Najee got his beast mode on. You know, he's got power and strength. He had power to push the pile, and he had strength to pick Kenny, pick it up, and shove him over the first down marker on that one, that one short yardage. Was it third and one or fourth and one when Kenny snuck mm-hmm. it in? I You know, the thing about it is I love the fact that Kenny is just – 
quarterback sneaking it at times, and he's he's doing it at a high rate. And then you got Derek Watt too, that makes a nice. He does a nice job of taking those off angle offset, uh, you know, handoffs and slash into the line. It's beautiful. Nice job, you know, yep. when he put them in motion. But anyhow, regardless, Alvaro, we got to run. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. As always, we appreciate you. Hey, next week we could be talking something great. Yes. Dreaming dreaming is for free. Let's see what happens. Now say that in Spanish, please. Uh, Soñar no cuesta. Dreaming doesn't cost you. I love it. Thank you so much, Alvaro. Looking forward to seeing you in the Berg, brother. Thanks, Alvaro. You bet. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. It's Alvaro Martin. He is our, from our Spanish broadcast team, and we're going to be back with more because you know what we're going to talk? Wes, we're going to talk a little young guns. Okay. Yeah, young guns. We're not talking about Emilio Estevez and those <laughs> rest of those guys. We're talking about the young guns on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're making their mark, and they're making themselves noticed. With all that and more right here at SNR. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it is Foreman getting the call, but they stuff the run and cause a loss again. They tried to angle right tackle, but Mark Robinson, active for the first time, I believe, this year. Uh, the rookie out of Ole Miss, the 7A pick, was there to stop him. Najee, the lone setback. They give it to Warren on the sweep to the near side. He turns it upfield. Still on his feet. Inside the 25. Inside the 20. Inside the 15. And he's knocked out of bounds at the 13-yard line. The jet sweep right to left. Marcus Williams, a free safety, kept, kept him out of the end zone. Fakes the handoff. Screen pass broken up. That is DeMarvin Leal. Almost part of the play intended for tight end John U. Smith. Oh, there's a man getting... Off the field, late, wide open. Here comes Connor Hayward down the middle of the field. 35, 25, he's at the 15, he's tackled at the 10. Too many men on the field for Tampa Bay. Who cares? Ah, you gotta love, I love listening to Billy. Uh, yeah, it's just, he does such a great job. He he's is, got the voice of an angel. Yes, he's got the voice, no doubt about it. And certainly, you know, he's describing all four of those guys, the young guns. The young guns are so important to this lifeline of the Steelers. Young blood is always needed. That infusion of young guys bringing that energy, that positivity, that uh, that little, you know, extra juice that, that comes out of it. That enthusiasm. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly it. Because you, got, you get a DeMarvin Wreck-It Ralph Liel, you know, coming in and blowing up the screen. He's not, I'm sure, I don't even think sometimes he knows what he's doing, but he's around the ball and blowing things up. That's what he knows to do. Go out and hit somebody. You know, Chuck Noll always used to say, you know, the thing about it, don't overanalyze. If you're going to hit somebody, make it good. Make it a good hit. 
And that's what that kid <laughs> does. Or you got Mark Bam Bam Robinson, oh, right? Yeah. Now you love the fact he can drop some people with those hits. I love the fact he's got it, he's got bounce back in him. I think Mike Tomlin coined that. You know, he when he hits somebody, it's they bounce back. You know, and go backwards. We got Counter Meatball Express Hayward, and then you got Jalen Juice Warren because Jalen puts the juice in there. You know, he gives you a little bit of that fresh juice with those legs coming in and does a nice job. All these young guys, this is what you need. This is what you got to have, West. You got to have these young guys coming along yep. and pulling their their share of, of the snaps. You absolutely do, Wolf. That's you know that's the balance of any successful team is you got your savvy veterans, you've got your kind of middle class, and then and then you've got the the rookies, the young guys who are able to contribute. And make no mistake about it, you know we've spent a lot of the first what ninety minutes of this show talking about why the Steelers are 6-2 and two since the bye week. You know, we've talked about coaching. We've talked about the quarterback. We've talked about the offensive line and the run game. We've talked about the defense. These young guys deserve a shout-out in that regard, too. Um, you and, and Kenny Pickett is one of those guys. George, Pick, yes. George Pickens is one of those guys. No we, doubt. we talk a lot about those guys, rightfully so. But from Connor Hayward and Jalen Warren on the offensive side of things to, to Wreck-It Ralph and Bam Bam on the defensive <laughs> side of things, they're a big part of the reason. Their contributions are a big part of the reason why this Steelers team is is playing their best football by far uh, right now and, again, has that 6-2 and two record since the bye week. You've seen touchdowns from Connor Hayward. You've seen huge plays uh, and touchdowns from Jalen Warren. You've seen DeMarvin Leal and, and Mark Robinson putting their hand in the pile and contributing and offering that vital uh, you know, depth and, 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 and good quality snaps that these defenses need in the National Football League. Um, the young guys are, are not so young anymore, right? By, by this point, Wolf, they've played more games in a season than they ever have before. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not even close if you include the preseason games. They're about to play their 20th game of the year upcoming. These guys maybe played 13 or 14 in college. You know, uh, the, the ones that, you know, maybe with the Georgia or Alabama, right? You might play 14 or 15 games because you're making it to the national championship so often. But this is now game 18, 19, 20 for these guys. Right, right. They're not rookies anymore. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're expected to to have. I'm sorry, they're still rookies. Well, okay, okay, you're right. Okay, you're I, right. They're I'm, still, I'm one of those old grizzly still, vets. They're still, you know? they're still rookies. But, you know, at this point, they've, they've, they've played more in a season than they ever have before. I think your expectations, rightfully so, for them at this point should be higher than they ever have before none of them look like they're hitting a rookie wall I think the Steelers have done a good job of managing that and uh and that's encouraging right because I think of the old <laughs> well if you know you know John Wooden of course the yes. legendary UCLA oh, yeah. basketball coach you know won like 57 national championships yeah. or something like that with UCLA <laughs> back in the day he once said he's got the famous quote uh, someone asked him what's the what's the best thing about freshmen, and he said they become sophomores, you know, or something like that was the, was the was the line. You know, these these rookies right now, they're you know they're they're growing out of that. They're they're becoming uh, established players, and you got to love seeing that. And like I said, they deserve credit because they've been a big part of this turnaround as well too. They have very much so, and you know it's that growing up experience. You know, back in the day, they really they still vets thought of you. You weren't a vet until you got you were vested. You know, I mean, that's, okay. that's like, like that, that was our fourth year. Yeah, it's four years. Actually, it was technically it was like the third or fourth game of your fourth year. Wow. I mean, like going, she's Louise. Do I, you know, at what time do you get a little respect around here? You right, know? right. You're not quite the rookie anymore. That's but, like, that'd be like if we're calling Zach Gentry the, the young guy still, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's about where he is in his career. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's changed. It certainly has. It really has. And it's to their credit that the Steelers have been able to develop these guys and get them contributing. I mean, you take a look at it. Before this game, I think uh, Mark Robinson had seven snaps. Yes. You know, and here he had, what, uh, 20, no, 26 in the game. He had 26 snaps. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, I like the fact that they were using him in a special prepackaged type of deal, knowing that he's going to be in the heavy, you know, against the heavy set. You know, when uh, you had Baltimore come out and they're going with their big guys and, and going with uh, Patrick um, uh, Ricard, you know, the the, the pseudo full, fullback, H-back, nose tackle, 300-pounder. I, that guy's such a unique animal. It's like wild. You watch him. But he's certainly, you know, that that's one of the reasons you had to counter with these big guys because you got to come out with big on big. You can't just let them roll over the small guys. And I thought the fact that they came out with that 6-2 configuration, some I, I call it 6-2. Some refer, refer to it as a 4-4. However you want to look at it, it was very much like goal line base type of stuff. You know, I mean, where everybody's cramming into the box. The box is tackle to tackle five yards deep on each side of the line. And that was really, as I said, that was like a pure six brawl in there, as Billy likes to call them. And, yeah. um, you know, you look at these young guys, they're they're moving along, and they're all contributing. And it started earlier with Connor. And Connor is one of those guys, he is, in my mind, he's got a unique set, very much like Patrick Ricard, too, that Steelers can use his attributes to their advantage. Yeah, yeah. No, they, abs- they absolutely can, and and that's again, that's that's the point that these guys have have played themselves into. You know what I mean? Where you're starting to think, where can we use this guy to our advantage? You know, not just what can he contribute, but maybe how can he contribute? And you know, I like the example you just gave with Mark Robinson there too, Wolf. He played seven snaps against Carolina, and then now he's in the twenties against the Ravens. It was clear they had a game plan for him on Sunday night. And you go back and you watch that. And, you know, Tuesday afternoons are my rewatch day. So I'll right, right. I, I have, I'll do that this afternoon. Maybe I can get back to you on this tomorrow. You, let me ask you, you get chips when you're doing that? I like oh, to get some chips. And, uh, get some snacks. Yeah, a little snackerations. Yeah, you can't. Listen, here's well, the thing. Well, you know what happens if I don't get snacks? I'm watching the film. You get cantankerous? No, I'm watching the film, and it's the first <laughs> quarter, and I'm, I'm watching it back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden. Uh, a little start up, and all of a sudden looking. Oh, it's the fourth quarter. What happened? <laughs> so I got to keep snacks. Well, if know? I get some, I I I plop. I go downstairs in the basement on the big screen TV. Right? Ooh, oh, yeah. I, I really sounded like a '90s kid there on the big screen TV. Right. I get my snacks. Uh, maybe even a beverage or two. You know, just depending on right, what right. what we got going on for the rest of the day. Okay. So, hey, that beverage could be coffee. Yeah. Could, yeah. could be could there be something could be something else. That's it. Um, and Tuesday is my is my rewatch day. Uh, I'll go I'll go home from here after you and I do the Mike Tomlin press conference I'll pick up my daughter I'll put her down for a nap and I'll I'll rewatch the game and take some notes but one of the things I'm excited to see because I felt this on Sunday night and and Moats talked about this yesterday too like they deployed Mark Robinson in very specific situations against Baltimore it was like when the Baltimore offense was showing one thing they wanted Mark Robinson on the field Uh, and that's how you get those numbers in the 20s so again going back to it's not just that you're hoping, let's put this guy out there in some fill-in situations and hoping he can hold his own. No, it's evolved and it's grown to the fact with Connor Hayward, with Mark Robinson, that you're you're putting in specific packages for these guys. You know, you're you're installing specific things where you're going to use these guys on offense and on defense, and that speaks to their growth. I mean, they, you know, it's one thing for Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, right, Wolf? I mean, yes. those those guys were drafted in the first and second rounds. You expect your first and second round picks to have impact their rookie season. 
Connor Hayward, seventh round pick. Mark Robinson, seventh round pick. That is, I mean, to be getting what you're getting from these guys now is fantastic. It really is. You know, I mean, yeah, that I, I forgot that, uh, you know, they were both seventh, seventh round picks. Yeah, Zooks, man, you know, because those specific situations, and again, I look at I look at Connor. Connor can block. Connor is very good in in uh, in pass pro. He's, he does a good job, no but he's very good in the passing game. You know, I mean, he, he's just I don't know. It's like he sneaks up on you somehow, and I don't know how to say that. You know, in a way that you know, t- technically speaking, but he has this ability <laughs> where I think you underestimate his ability to get open, but he. <laughs> He does some, I don't know, some amazing things. He and does a ninja vanish. He is. He's kind of like a ninja. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's a better name than Meatball. Maybe we call him <laughs> the Ninja Express because he does sneak up on you and do things that you, I sit there and go, wow. You know, that's that's pretty impressive, that young man. Yeah, I agree. The athleticism is there. The skill set is there. And you're right. I mean, he's he's catching some people by surprise. That touchdown in Atlanta, nobody was really was really giving no, him the respect. He yeah. was, that jet sweep against the Raiders, no one's really eyeballing up Connor Hayward, and that helps. Now that you know, w- when those situations manifest to Wolf, and he's able to make plays in those situations, this is another one of those, you know, everything in football. It's like its own ecosystem, right? Everything affects everything. Every decision, every play, every action affects what follows it. Now that opposing defenses have to pay attention to Connor Hayward from a playmaking threat too, that affects everything else. That opens up things for for your wide receivers and for Pat Fryermuth and for the run game. When you just have one more additional element to that offense that opposing defenses and defensive coordinators have to respect and have to game plan for, that's all part of again this ecosystem of everything affecting everything that's part of the reason why you're six and two that's part of the reason why your offense is hitting it a over 70 percent clip in the red zone these last three games that's part of the reason why your offense has the seventh most rush yards in the league over the last eight games since the bye week um all these things chip away at that progress and everybody you know everybody deserves their credit i think for for uh you know if it's 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 a boat analogy, right, Wolf? Everybody's rowing the boat. You don't you don't just have one or two big guys who are pulling the oars, and everybody else is <laughs> everybody else is sitting there admiring. Uh, you've got everybody grabbing an oar and doing their part to row that thing, and that's why you you've got it moving in the right direction now. And before we go to break, the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give a shout out to the tight end room because Muth asked me. He goes, "You got to give it." Or Zach Gentry goes, "You got to give us a shout out." I did it the other day on on Steelers.com, like the TV, and I pointed at the wrong camera. Gadzooks, <laughs> I blew it right. So to Alfredo Roberts in your room, brother, you got the Muth, you got the six twelve, you got the meatball. You guys are doing a great job. Well, if that's why you're born to do radio, partner. <laughs> that's it, ain't baby. No, ain't no cameras. Ain't in no here. cameras, and I got a face for radio (laughs) we'll be back with more snr this is in the locker room with wolf and starks on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio presented by your neighborhood ford store the F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pickett's going to hand it up. Najee through the hole off the right side, turns it upfield, 30-35, and he gets a first down to the 41-yard line. Needed 10, got 16. Patrick Queen ended the play with a tackle. And that's what I love when you got extra yardage going over and above the call of duty. And certainly Najee just performed brilliantly. 
uh, this game against Baltimore, and, and I love the fact that you got power, you got speed. He stiff-armed, just did a little stiff-arming of guys left and right. I love that when he just pile-drives guys and slams them to the ground. And certainly, here's the thing about it. During the bye week, up to the bye week, Najee had, was, had rushed for 361 yards and 108 carries, 3.4 yards per carry. But in eight games since the break, he's gone a buck 41 in carries, 583 in yardage, and 4.13 in his yards per carry. Wes, he's got five rushing touchdowns versus one before the bye. Um, and, of course, that 198-yard rush performance by Najee and by uh, Jalen Warren was the most since 1997. Um, there, this running game's coming along. We're talking about the fat guys up front. They're doing a great job. That would probably help if I turn my microphone on there, huh, Wolf? Oh, you know, I was sitting there going, uh, what happened uh, there? Wait, did I lose Wes? Yeah. Wait a second. He's not, he's not on remote or anything. He's right next to me in the studio. <laughs> I lose Wes. What happened? Hello. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. It's it's everything we want to see. You know, that's that's been the, the run game from Najee Harris, the compliment of Jalen Warren. And I think that's part of it as well, too, Wolf. You know, Najee Harris had, I believe, 22 carries and two receptions on Sunday night. Does that sound correct to you? Of course, I don't have my stat sheet. What up was here. that? No. 22 carries and two receptions for Najee Could on be. Sunday I'm, night. I right? Check this I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Along. Pretty sure that's the number. Um, 24 touches. That's, you are correct. That's about the sweet spot, right? We yeah. want we want Najee maybe in the mid, maybe sometimes the high 20s in terms of touches. And that is possible when you have a guy like Jalen Warren as well, too. Right. You know, because you're confident Jalen Warren had seven carries and I believe two receptions, so that would be nine touches for him. Don't mistake, for Najee Harris, there is a massive difference between having 24 touches and having 33. Mm -hmm. That's why he's so fresh in the fourth quarter. That's why he's playing his best. That's why he's running with tenacity and physicality and energy and asserting his will down the line. Part of that is certainly because I think he's healthier now than he was in the first half of the season. But make no mistake, too, Jalen Warren being able to give Najee enough, you know, to take seven, eight, nine touches off his plate a game, I think that's making all the difference, too, because Najee's staying fresher, and both of those guys are able to contribute, and they're still strong down the stretch. And I think perfectly said, and I agree with that. And I also say, you know what? It's that Yoda line. Yoda, yeah. Do or do not. There is no trying. Do or do not. There is no trying. Ha <laughs> Oh, we're just, we are getting our stuff together here. Hey, we're, we are, we're in post, we're ready for the post. We're ready, Wolf. You and post I, should, That's you know, it. this show here in the locker room, we had some new moving parts. Max is in Arizona. Yeah. You got this new, this hot shot guy, Wes Euler, coming in here, producing the show for you, <laughs> telling you what to do, right? It took us some time, but now we're in good form too, baby. I tell you what, we're ready for the crunch run here. That's it. And it, it's we're getting yoded out. I mean, this is a line truly that is do or do not. There is no trying. They're yeah. doing, right? Move the guy or don't move the guy. It's not about trying to. You got to do it. There's just a significance to doing it. And right now, one of the things that was spectacular watching this offensive line run the stretch, run the outside zone where you got – you get turned, you bucket step, and you go on an angle like a chorus line, yeah, right? I love and it. boom. And they when they stretched that defensive line, they stretched them. They got their shoulders turned. They made them one-dimensional. They made those guys one one-dimensional hoofers running sideways to the sidelines. And then you got Najee just ripping up through there. Yep. And it was a great job 
I loved it. This line, you know, it took a lot of heat. There was uh, a few, uh, you know, dents and, and bruises and cuts and scratches and everything else. But they have persevered. They have stayed strong and they have kept working. And I love it because we're seeing the fruits of all that work. I completely agree with you, and especially Wolf, right, as, a, as for you, a former Pittsburgh Steelers lineman, for me, a lifelong Steelers fan, there there's just something special about when the Steelers are running that football, right? It feels right. It feels like the way it's supposed to be, and uh, going out there, asserting their will, and like I said, particularly late in game situations uh, where they've been able to wear those guys down over the course of 60 minutes, you absolutely love to see it. Absolutely. Hey, Wolf, before we go real yes. quick. Uh, just in the last 10, 15 minutes here, uh, DeMar Hamlin's family just put out a statement. You mind if I read this real Please quick? Please do, my friend. Uh, from the family of DeMar Hamlin, and I'm quoting here uh, from their statement. On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. Mm. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep them all in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. Beautifully said. Beautifully worded. Nice job. And one of the significant moments that I failed to mention about last night was the meeting of the two coaches. Yes. Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott together. I thought that was very significant and very poignant in their decision-making process and how they went about uh, going, do, conducting themselves. Just just excellent. Excellent. I completely agree. Profe- uh, professional as you can get. Yes, yes, and needed in such a, a time as this. Uh, there's no doubting that uh, you know leadership helps in these really tough, trying moments. And uh, for DeMar and for what's going on here, you know, that's the whole thing. We're going to keep praying. Just keep praying for yep. DeMar. Um, this He's not through it yet. Uh, there's some positive uh, signs that uh, we can look to. Uh, but uh, most important of all is the ability to keep interceding uh, on, on behalf of DeMar with the most powerful force in the universe, and that's God Almighty. Amen, Wolf. Amen. All right. Let's see. Are we down to it, buddy? We are. We got Coach T coming up next. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this.